When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. like a spicy, cinnamony, sweet drink. It's kind of got, like, memories of Christmas or something. It's used, uh, apparently, some in perfumes. I love a yellow curry. I mean, I really love a gingery, beautiful curry. And it also has had some traditional or folk medicine use in such areas as treatments of inflammation, pain, wound healing, and even in some digestive disorders. And it just adds a bit of variety and spice to your life. It's an acquired taste as well, but it's certainly an interesting spice. That interesting spice is turmeric. Welcome to Healthy or Hoax, the podcast where we look at all sorts of different things that are supposed to be good for us and find out if the science backs up those claims. For this episode, I popped out for a turmeric latte. I'm good, nice to see you. Guess what I'm going to have today. The turmeric latte. I'm going to give it a shot. Hey, you know how one's called the dirty turmeric latte? Yes. What's that mean? Um, anything dirty has two shots of coffee in it. Why do you call it dirty? <laughs> <laughs> so this is clean? You consider a turmeric latte clean? Yes. I popped into my local cafe, No Grainer. It's tucked away in the Mount Albert YMCA. Hannah Sutherland is the owner. You might have picked up that I'm a bit of a regular here because I love the savoury nut tarts. But today I'm getting a turmeric latte. Yeah. And how, would you, how do you describe the taste to people who don't know what it tastes like? Um, we think it's like a sort of a spicy, cinnamony sweet drink, more than the turmeric flavour. Um, but it's, it's kind of got like memories of Christmas or something that's that kind of spice, like ginger and yeah, peppery, all sorts of things really. And what sort of milk do you use? You can choose from any. Um, we've got a house-made almond. Um, it's really nice with the alternative milks. Um, the coconut from Little Island is delicious as well. That goes, yeah, it's really tasty. Okay, well, so what would you recommend? I'm thinking between your in-house nut milk or the coconut. Um, depends what mood you're in. I think the coconut is particularly nice with okay, the Okay, let's try that. Okay. We'll come back to Hannah and my first impressions of a turmeric latte, but let's hear what the experts have to say about the actual health benefits of turmeric. If you Google health benefits of turmeric, you are going to come up with hundreds of articles about the anti-inflammatory properties and the antioxidant properties, and it is going to cure heart disease and Alzheimer's and cancer, and it's going to um, you know, sort out your arthritis and it's, you know, actually a cure-all for everything. We have Nikki Bazant on Healthy or Hoax pretty often. She's a food and nutrition writer and has noticed turmeric being pushed as having all sorts of health benefits. But does it? The answer to that is actually we don't know. We really don't know. It's the cure-all tag that makes Bazant suspicious. That should be a red flag that, OK, something's not quite right here. It's a case of 
the marketing getting way ahead of the research. And again, it's a case of this ancient wisdom applying to this ingredient, which has been used in, you know, Ayurvedic Indian medicine for centuries and in Chinese medicine. It's got a lot of, um, you know, history behind it, but there hasn't been any really good evidence come to light to show that it's truly beneficial yet. Doesn't mean it won't, just means for now, there's really not a lot of science to show that the turmeric is going, that turmeric latte, for example, is going to um, to do anything for you. That lack of evidence is not through a lack of trying, though. There have been heaps and heaps of studies into this spice. There's been a lot of recent interest in its health benefits or potential health benefits, particularly because there's been identified in turmeric a plant chemical called curcumin. This is Keith Singletary, Professor Emeritus of Nutrition from the University of Illinois. Singletary recently reviewed the findings from some of the more recent studies into turmeric's health benefits. I have written a number of articles for McCormick. So McCormick is a spice retailer in the US. But they've uh, developed what is called the McCormick Science Institute and um, They are dedicated to trying to find out the health benefits of more culinary uses of these spices. They will uh, fund some small clinical studies. They've uh, encouraged me to write overview articles and try to be an honest broker on some of these issues. So for the past 11 or 12 years, I've tried to write some, and turmeric was one of my more recent. You might consider that a bit of a conflict, but we were interested in Singletary's findings. When uh, scientists have taken a look more deeply at curcumin, they found mostly uh, over the last two to three decades or longer in preclinical studies, in other words, in tissue or cell culture or animal models, that it has a variety of effects that seem to show that in a number of situations it can be acting to suppress signaling pathways and bodily processes that contribute to oxidative stress. It also can affect signaling pathways that seem to reduce the inflammatory response. Oxidative stress and inflammatory response contribute to things like heart disease, diabetes and cancer. So reducing them would definitely be beneficial. Some have looked at it again in preclinical models, whether it can affect uh, neurological disorders, for example, Alzheimer's. So it's had a lot of attention, mainly because when eaten, it seems to be fairly non-toxic and people don't have many adverse responses to the turmeric powder or the curcumin powder per se. So do those positive preclinical trial findings mean turmeric is actually good for us? That's a debatable question because just because it has beneficial effects in cells, tissue culture or animals does not necessarily mean that it will translate into human benefits. One of the uh, earliest problems was that in animal studies and in human studies, the chemical was very poorly bioavailable. In other words, if a person would consume uh, curcumin or turmeric, the amount of the active compound, say curcumin, 
that eventually was absorbed into the body would be very small. And the result is that there would be very, very low levels in the bloodstream that were able to circulate to different tissues and hopefully have an effect. In one study, volunteers were given up to 12 grams a day. That's about two teaspoons. These are really uh, impractical amounts for an individual to consume on a daily basis over months at a time in a long-term study. So over the last 10 years, companies and researchers have been actively looking at ways to improve the bioavailability. In other words, the amount of this curcumin that ends up in your body and can potentially have a beneficial effect. There are various ways of doing this. Some companies will package curcumin in with another plant chemical, for example, called piperine from pepper, that can enhance uh, the movement of curcumin across the intestine into the body. But it can get quite high tech. Others have tried novel uh, delivery strategies that involve creating very, very, very tiny particles, uh, nanoparticles they're called, or packaging curcumin in special uh, fat or lipid mixtures that appear to be better um, absorbed into the human body. This has stimulated um, dozens and dozens of human trials to see if these new delivery methods or packaging methods or whatever you want to call them can actually have an effect on some chronic conditions. For his paper, Singletary looked at how turmeric in this new packaging could help with arthritis, diabetes and metabolic syndrome, which is a collection of conditions that increase the risk of heart disease and stroke. Well, for arthritis, I would say the uh, prospects were more promising. There were dozens and dozens of studies, especially the last 10 years for diabetes and the metabolic syndrome. I guess the one word that summarizes most of them from what I could find is inconsistent results. So what can we say about turmeric based on these studies? So I think there appears to be potential, um, certainly for arthritis, possibly for these other two conditions, but we need more information, more high quality studies, studies that involve more people. I think also something else needs to be addressed we don't have a lot of information on what the ideal doses that are necessary for these different uh, chronic conditions in order to achieve a beneficial effect. Some uh, researchers have said we need to be careful. There may be a very narrow window for a therapeutic benefit, and straying outside these, we still are unclear about side effects and any adverse responses in individuals. Although with curcumin powder, turmeric powder, there have been very minor adverse effects in some of these clinical trials, mostly gastrointestinal distress. Having said that, there is one side effect we need to warn you about. In 2018, MedSafe, the organisation that regulates therapeutic products in New Zealand, issued a warning about turmeric's interaction with warfarin. Now, warfarin is a drug used to treat blood clots and prevent strokes.
Medsafe says using turmeric or curcumin-containing products with any medicine that can affect bleeding could result in prolonged bleeding times and should be avoided. It advises people to check the listed ingredients on all natural health products and make sure they don't interfere with any other medicine you may be taking before you start using them. This warning doesn't apply to turmeric used in food. In this series of Trust Me, I've been investigating some of the most controversial health questions that have made the head... Turmeric or turmeric has been around an awful long time. And in the UK, um, it's mainly used in uh, dishes like... Uh, chicken tikka masala. That's Michael Mosley is a doctor. He's credited with inventing the 5-2 fasting diet and he's an author. But we're talking to him because he's also the host of the BBC TV show Trust Me, I'm a Doctor. Like Healthy or Hoax, they try to find out if there's science behind various health fads. They go one step further though and actually create studies. We got a group of people, we randomly allocated them basically uh, to consuming turmeric in three different ways. And uh, what we did is we asked them to consume it either in their food, they could have it cooked or added to yogurt or however they fancied it, essentially a tablespoon a day, um, or they got a, um, capsules, and the capsules either contained um, turmeric or they contained a placebo and we asked them to do this for a month. The study was conducted with the help of University College London and also with Newcastle University. So the problem with most food studies is that you have to take a very large number of people and you have to follow them for very many years to try and measure any sort of impact. Um, food studies are really, really difficult to do um, precisely for those reasons. And what was novel about what we were doing was we were looking at markers for something called epigenetic changes. And um, that means that were certain genes switched on or off? And were they switched on or off in the people who were consuming the turmeric? Did it make actually any difference? And indeed, to our great surprise, we found it did. But only if you consumed it in the form of food. And there we saw changes in genes associated with inflammation and also to do with cancer. So that was um, absolutely fascinating and a bit of a surprise. Eating turmeric with fat or pepper seemed to help with the absorption. I think it was mainly heavy in the form of food or with food uh, that seemed to be important. Like Professor Singletary, Dr Mosley is clear more studies are needed. The truth is that doing any sort of reliable test um, with food is tricky. And um, so I was really rather startled by this. It was quite big numbers. Uh, we published this eventually, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing further research done. I tend to have it with my scrambled eggs uh, uh, these days in the morning. Here's another thing Mosley and Singletary agree on. If you like it, eat it. I think having turmeric as a part of your a meal is a part of a recipe to enhance the quality and the sensory enjoyment of your foods, that's fine. If you add it to foods to increase your consumption of vegetables or healthy foods, I think that's fine. And it's unlikely that there will be an adverse effect. And on the other hand, it's unlikely that you're going to get uh, appreciable health benefits from the amounts that you will consume in culinary situations. Um, if you're a person that puts every day, you know, teaspoons or tablespoons in some type of beverage and consume it, then maybe that's something that I would say 
Uh, it might not be the best thing. It's an acquired taste test, he says as well. Not everybody likes the taste of turmeric, and, and it stains. Don't get it anywhere near any white T-shirts or anything like that. It's got a powerful stain to it, but it's certainly an interesting spice. If you enjoy it, that's terrific. Um, and it just adds a bit of variety and spice to your life. Um, and, um, yeah, I think there is, you know, modest degree of evidence now um, for its anti-inflammatory effects. And so uh, if you enjoy it, give it a go. Which brings us back to no grainer and my first turmeric latte. Oh, yum. That looks delicious. Great big mug. So um, how do you make turmeric latte? We make ours from spices, um, so ground up powders, uh, and we use um, turmeric, cinnamon, ginger, and a little bit of black pepper for the curcumin absorption. And then we um, have an option of um, using the paste, which we mix with maple syrup for a sweeter drink, more palatable. And we have the non-maple version, which is just the powders. And then we mix it in with the milk. Um, We steam the milk first and then mix it with the paste like you would a hot chocolate. So when you say palatable, do some people not find it palatable? Most people are used to a sort of a sweeter drink, um, like if it's not a coffee drink. Mm. So they're looking for a kind of a hot chocolate experience. Okay, I'll try yeah. this one. So I've got coconut milk today. Oh, that is, oh it does taste like Christmas. <laughs> it, um, it's quite a different colour. Are people a bit shocked when they see it's quite orange and brown? And... Um, not really. I think they're... They expect it because it's called a turmeric latte. They're used to it being yellow. It's really delicious. So, which version do I have? The sweetened one? Yes. Yeah, it tastes like Yes. That. We yeah. serve the sweetened one um, unless requested not to. When did you put the turmeric latte on your menu? We started with the turmeric latte when we opened. Um, we're a whole food um, health-focused cafe, so we wanted to offer um, a large range of alternative drinks. We also make our own hot chocolate um, to make sure that's only got the pure ingredients in it. So it's a way of offering an extended um, menu that you can't necessarily get in every cafe. And. What would you say about the popularity of turmeric latte? Well, here it's very popular because we get people who are on their wellness journeys, so um, it's it's well liked. Um, people like the blend we do, and they'll yeah, we get dedicated customers to the turmeric latte. Um, so that's irregular. Yeah, yeah. And do you think it's getting more popular in general? I mean, I know your customers in particular like it? In general I noticed that you can get it at many cafes now especially since we opened when it was only at sort of these specialised type cafes but now you can I've seen it in in a lot of menus. So Is it all created equal though because you would make it from a paste? No like anything these things will be commercialised and um, possibly um, use synthetics or more sugary substances that are cheaper so yeah you've got to find out what's in it first I think. Actually how much do you charge for your turmeric latte? $4.70 for a regular mm-hmm. and then you've got your alternative milk costs sometimes um, on top of that. So it's not a lot more than other cafes. It's really delicious. Thank you. 
and it feels like you're sort of having a treat. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit desserty, especially with the coconut milk. It's nice and creamy and yeah. And the element of putting the pepper in for absorption, is that something that you learned? Um, that's something that I read about when we were making the turmeric latte. Uh, I think in general that's well known that pepper helps with the absorption. So, yeah. I can't really taste it. No, I, it's know. tiny and apparently you only need a little bit, but who knows. You put that in, <laughs> do you put that in at the point where the turmeric goes in or do you add it to every cup? Um, it's with the paste, it's, right. yeah, it's part of the mix. The blend. And it's very yummy. Thank you. <laughs> Nikki Bazant, the food and nutrition writer, quite likes a turmeric latte. I quite like them. I find this, the flavour of turmeric is really strong. So if I have a turmeric latte, it tends to stay with me most of the day. It kind of overcomes my palate a bit. But I, I love a yellow curry. I mean, I really love a, a, a turmeric-heavy, gingery beautiful curry so I think that's a nice way of using it and actually I like to use if you can get it the fresh turmeric root is a lovely thing to use rather than the turmeric powder it's much fresher in flavour and it's got a really beautiful colour different from the powdered turmeric that you buy and there's probably um, it's probably worth seeking out fresh um, turmeric or or really good quality turmeric spice rather than buying a cheap one so if you look at maybe having a turmeric latte over a flat white, would you consider that healthier? Uh, no, not necessarily. I think they're probably about the same because you're getting benefit in your in your flat white and in your turmeric latte, you're getting benefit from the milk, right? Especially if it's a dairy latte because, you know, you're getting some protein and some calcium and good stuff out of the milk. So whether or not whatever's added to the milk is beneficial probably doesn't matter. Um, they're probably on a par. Oh, I mean, there's no caffeine in turmeric, so that might be good if you're wanting to, you know, reduce your caffeine intake. I don't think you're going to get uh, the potential, you know, harm of caffeine in there. So it might be something if you're if you're wanting to cut that down. But you're not going to get the buzz either. I don't imagine you get a buzz from turmeric. <laughs> I'm not sure. So turmeric, or curcumin, has been shown to have some positive effects on cell signalling, but most of the human trials into the drug have been less conclusive, mainly because our bodies just don't absorb it very well. Here's Dr Mosley again. The biggest problem with turmeric is you know, the fact that you actually absorb so little of it. It is somewhere less than 5% of it normally. Um, so you, you have to put down quite a lot to get any effect at all. And so it's really, like a lot of these things, it's about finding what's the best way of absorbing it. Because a lot of the stuff we eat, we don't necessarily absorb. Because your body is quite selective and it's quite clever in that way. And so if it reckons it's already got, for example, a load of vitamin C on board, uh, then it doesn't bother absorbing it, which is why, you know, some people say that vitamin C um, supplements are essentially just expensive urine. It's just going to pass straight out of you. We put Michael Mosley on the spot and got him to give us his healthier hoax rating for turmeric. If uh, one is the most faddish and uh, five is the most reasonable, I'd put it somewhere between three and four. Let's give it a generous four. I think there's actually a bit of science behind it. And as I said, I quite like it as a spice. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Healthy or Hoax, hosted by me, Stacey Morrison. Huge thanks to Keith Singletary, Nikki Bazant and Michael Mosley for their expertise. Dr Mosley spoke to me during the coronavirus lockdown in the UK where he was working hard on his latest book, COVID-19, What You Need to Know About the Coronavirus and the Race for a Vaccine. It's out now if you'd like to check it out. And to Hannah Sutherland at the wonderful No Grainer Cafe. I'll be in to see you soon, Hannah. Healthy or Hoax is available on the RNZ website, rnz.co.nz and wherever you find your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and iHeartRadio. This episode was produced by Liz Garten with help from Kate Pereira-Garcia. The audio engineer was Flo Wilson and Tim Watkin is the executive producer. Listen out for the next episode on Essential Oils. Ngā mihi nui kia koutou katoa. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.